Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener, this is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm delighted to be joined on today's show by Sean Siegel, the co-host of the Rotoviz Overtime podcast, co-owner over at rotoviz.com. Sean, closing in on 200 episodes off the show, I mentioned on the show on Tuesday that we will be giving away three separate uh, Rotoviz subscriptions to one month subs and one three month subs and then the winner of that three month and overall prize also getting an appearance on an upcoming podcast to, to talk a little bit with us and to, to get some of their questions answered so that should be a fun one as well but for the listeners I'd like to get this in at the start just drop us a written review on your favorite podcast app to enter it's as simple as that drop us uh, you know a share on your social media uh, platforms we do tweet out the shows uh, on a regular basis be sure to share them uh, helps us grow the audience here it might just be sharing it might just be one person sees it but that one person might see it and share it in future and again that's how things grow organically in terms of the podcast network we really do appreciate it uh, drop us that review and best of luck with uh, your chances of winning that contest we'll be wrapping up at episode 200 just shortly after the draft Sean, it is draft time, but it's also closing in on on two hundred episodes. It's uh, <laughs> it's hard to believe we've uh, t- nearly two hundred of these done. It is, but it's been a blast. It's been a really fun journey to do with you, and I'm really thankful and appreciative of having such a great co-host, and very appreciative of our audience as well. We're going to share some reviews at the end. We're having a great time with the listeners in this last year, talking about uh, different TV reviews and sleeper television programs as we all try and get through uh, the difficult year that it's been but also covering a a very wide variety of fantasy topics and formats in terms of uh, dynasty best ball redraft high stakes low stakes um, friends leagues everything that you might want to do in your fantasy life we're talking about and one of the questions that we get a lot is how do we go into these startups and move around in the drafts? How do I go in and get my guys and make those jumps up or make those moves down if I'm in an area that I think is flat and I'd like to move down four or five spots and pick up a little bit of extra something? How do I do that without overpaying? And we've discussed this a couple times on the show recently. I think those segments went pretty well we've gotten good feedback from them but one of the things that we wanted to do today was to go over more than just one trade so we're actually going to break down a full startups worth of trades discuss some of those talk about some of the players who ended up being drafted in some of those draft slots sometimes attaching the players who ended up going in those spots can give us a little bit more context for you know how we would value them and then sort of discuss debate a little bit which side of the trade we would be on and not really from a winning and losing perspective that's not exactly how we want to view it 
we want to view it from a roster construction, a team construction, a dynasty building viewpoint, right? And we're not looking to to sort of call out or claim winners and losers in order to say, oh, this person did a great job and this person, you know, really got taken advantage of. That's not the viewpoint at all. It's a matter of how can we help each other get better at making these trades within startups and so you can accomplish your goals, right? You can accomplish your goal of building this perpetual or permanent championship window that really is the focal point of everything we do dynasty-wise. So Sean, we're going to break down a number of trades here. We have uh, you mentioned there's a whole draft worth. There's about you know ten trades. We're going to break them down. Uh, it'd be interesting too if any of the listeners maybe disagree with this or strongly agree on one of them or are wondering why we made that choice. Um, don't be afraid to to reach out through Twitter and uh, uh, you can hit me up at, at Overtime Ireland. Um, but when we get into the first one, Sean, obviously this is a draft that happened a couple of weeks ago. It's the one we've been talking about uh, on a number of shows, going through the the different thought process that that you had while making those picks but uh sean watson was picked 107 in the draft and obviously the adp now would have shifted dramatically even when we done the show earlier this week if we're looking at some of those formats you know and the triflex format he's going as quarterback 12 now at the moment in the fourth round so a lot has changed over the, the last number of weeks we'll see how that all plays out but in terms of this pick i think the pick would be much different now but i also think the trade would be much different but we can only take it off the information that we have so deshaun watson was traded then for the 212 who turned out to be cam makers the 312 who turned out to be clyde edwards alaire and a 2022 round one pick so as we stand now i think we have to say that the side that ended up with the two running backs and the 2022 round one pick has to have come out better on this in terms of both this season and moving ahead now things could change we can't really speculate too much as to what's going to happen with the nfl and deshaun watson over the next couple of weeks and months but i think sean this one is is pretty clear but it's one of those things that while the owner was making the trade i don't think he could have factored in quite what would have happened over the the near future definitely so we want to look at this in two ways the first way that we want to look at it is that while two for one trades or three for one trades are obviously are often heavily criticized because the person getting the one player is considered to have gotten the best player, the key player. And in most cases, that owner is considered to be the winner. We want to look at the risks involved of trading, even for a superstar, because you have injury, you do have decline of performance, even for stars. And then you have weird things that could happen outside of the NFL. Hopefully those are not going to happen too often, but unfortunately we do have some instances like this where off the field activities will cause a problem. Anytime that you're taking just one guy, you want to be aware of the risk that you're taking. You spread the risk out when you have the multiple players, but let's look at it from the perspective. Let's say this is Dak Prescott instead, right? Now we're not going to really talk about the trade that Sam and I did with Prescott because we covered that on a previous show, but we can sort of fill Prescott in here. Prescott went one pick later, right? So if this pick is is Prescott instead, so it's the 107 for the 212, the 312, and a 2022 round one. Now on Tuesday, we talked about, well, would you prefer Taylor and Fields or would you prefer Lawrence and ETN? We decided that we would give the slight edge to Taylor and Fields. One of the reasons that's interesting, I think, is that if you look here at what the owner who picked up the 212 and the 312 and a future 
first rounder has done is that potentially they could be in a position to take fields as opposed to the 108, which again, in this hypothetical, we're going to say, maybe that's Dak Prescott, right? And so you're looking at that as now, okay, well, and instead of Jonathan Taylor and Fields, maybe you have both Akers, Edwards Alaire, Fields, and a future R1. In terms of looking at this for my article on the site, my feeling is that this trade is actually even or maybe even slanted slightly in favor of the Akers, Edwards, Alaire side. And again, at the point in time when the trade's made, you don't know that those are going to be the picks. We're talking about the players to give context. I actually think that instead of running backs, if you have a wide receiver QB pick in 212 and 312, regardless of who those players are, it actually makes it even stronger for the people getting the 212, 312. I think that this trade is even before we get to the future round one, which makes it a real home run for the owner getting that pick is that the way that you would look at it if say you know don't consider the fact that this turned out to be deshaun watson let's say it turns out to be a star at that point can you make an argument for taking the star there instead of, instead of these other three players in terms of like you, you have a good one there in Dak prescott i think um would have been very similarly valued pre uh, deshaun watson's uh, news and i think that if you can trade back there we talked on tuesday show about about fields and my thoughts on him now that could change drastically over the next week like justin fields could slide down that draft board and f- find himself in a, a spot that isn't going to be ideal but i'm still pretty positive on, on what's going to happen there but you know you could you, you have a lot of options if you get to the back end of that that um, second round and i think if you had as you mentioned wide receiver and then uh, a quarterback or quarterback wide receiver vice versa i think puts you in a very strong position there and then have that first round pick i think if you get a fields there um even if you maybe get a, a jalen hurts or an Aaron Rodgers, i think it, it, it's enough there to be able to balance things out for you uh, and then you're getting that future first which as you've shown in a number of shows we've done recently in a couple of drafts that future first you can potentially move that to to get you back into to round four get you back into round five etc uh, and then really build yourself some depth so i would be very tempted if this was straight up right now for the 212 the 312 and a, a 2020 um you know you're basically giving up on just the one quarterback and if you have a quarterback that you you like in that secondary range and at the back end of the second round i think that's where, where you go with it i think the 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 players that have been selected with those picks are probably the area that that i i would be you know if we're going if it, if it was the players that are here i would be probably going for the superstar quarterback and if it was the picks i would be going for the picks so that that's kind of where i would be set with it i wouldn't be taking running back running back i don't think in those spots then we go down a couple of picks later and we can see that drafters within this draft and i think this is going to be fairly universal do feel like there's a big tear break after dak prescott is off the board so at the 109 we're now looking at a situation where trevor lawrence joe burrow those types of qbs or you can take the elite running back in a jonathan taylor so we have the 109 for the 303 the 703 and a 2022 round two now the players that turned out to be joe burrow on one side Kyle Pitts, Amari Cooper, and again, the future second. I think this is maybe a similar situation. We see Kyle Pitts now. He's looking like someone who is going to go very early in the draft. And then if he does anything as a rookie, then the enthusiasm for him in tight end premium formats 
is going to have him a threat to be drafted in the first round going forward. Amari Cooper, a little bit less exciting, but someone in round seven, giving you a sense of the wide receiver depth. And then that round two, round two, we start to get into a little bit more hit and miss. But again, in a super flex format, this is a lot different than a round two in just your traditional dynasty format. In round two, last season, you've got guys you know like Ayuk, like Chenault, like Higgins, uh, even you know later you have people like a Chase Claypool. But when you look at some of those receiver stars available in round two and the importance of receiver stars for building a dynasty, this is again a situation where I would be on the side of getting the three for one, but this one is a lot closer. Yeah, this one is close, Sean. The, the one concern I'd have is like if you're giving up on that that 109, you're going to have your pick coming around in the, the second round and it's putting a lot of pressure on you there in that second round then to take a quarterback. Um, if there's for whatever reason, you know, and it, it, like if we look at the kind of traditional FFPC um, Superflex ADP at the moment, like if you have that ninth spot and you pass on a, a quarterback, there's a good chance that there's no quarterback coming back to you, you know, that you're going to look for in round two. And then that's going to mean that when we get into that third round pick and we take, um, unless we use our other third round pick again on the quarterback, but there's a there's a big gap. I think you're going to have to use one of those third round picks that you have on uh, your first quarterback. And then if you take the tight end position. So I, I, I really like Pitts. I, I just think that in a super flex format, I know even in tight end premium, I might be nudging to uh, a different position that would be my one fear is dropping off from joe burrow to like you, you are setting yourself up for long-term success with the the tight end you're getting the wide receiver you're getting that second round pick next year which you can even use again to move forward this year or you can use to um you know boost your team next year but i think passing on you know a young quarterback like joe burrow and then putting yourself under pressure then to get quarterbacks with those additional picks that you've picked up could um, end up having your roster maybe not looking the, the way you like now again when you talk about the actual picks that you're getting I like how it's played out there but I might use those picks in a, a slightly different format again so uh, that's just coming down to how I would be building the roster do you think that I'm over worrying in that situation do you think we should be taking the upside of somebody like a Pitts um, and going with it there or do you think there is concerns about if you do pass over on that and you're not picking up your you know a pick in the second round to try and get that quarterback that maybe we're dropping a little bit too far down waiting on the the quarterback position one of the things i like about this trade is it creates scenarios for both owners where they can accomplish their objectives if you're making the trade to get into the 109 to take joe burrow that means you already have another first round pick and i kind of like this better if you've used your other first round pick also on a young quarterback so if you have two young quarterback stars in a super flex dynasty league then you have so much flexibility throughout the rest of this startup and through future rookie drafts to take superstars right you think about how the 2021 rookie draft is going to play out and there are some very intriguing players uh, like wilson like lance like fields you know even someone like a mac jones but you're going to have to pay up for them at a time when you know maybe you would prefer an ETN, maybe you would prefer a Devontae Smith. And so you're going to have to make some potential choices to lose value at the positions in order to get your quarterbacks if you leave yourself short. At the same time, you can also look at it from the other direction of 
you're going to have those opportunities to take you know guys like a Derek Carr like a Mac Jones you know if you want to play for the short term a Tom Brady a Matt Ryan later on within the startup and you can look at it from the opposite perspective too if you're willing to take a little bit more risk at quarterback then you can build a foundation of positional players for the long term that leaves you with a roster that's just better than what everybody else has and so you have that little bit of risk at quarterback balanced out by a super powered roster i again think that you want to take the more players the more options and the more pathways to success in order to get through here so that's the direction that i would go on it but if you do get yourself in a situation where you have the two stud young qbs that gives you a lot of flexibility as well i like both sides of this particular trade Colin, we go to the next one here. We have a quick one that Sam and I did where we traded down from the 205 to the 208. We picked up the 405 for the 502. That's a very straightforward, even trade. These players turned out to be A.J. Brown and Miles Sanders on the one side. We picked C.D. Lamb and T. Higgins. Obviously, we're going to like our side a little bit more. We picked our guys. That's just the way that that kind of thing works out. I do think that getting T. Higgins is sort of a big boost over getting Miles Sanders again a lot of that is just a positional choices and the fact that we like the wider series there so let's drop down to the next one this one a little bit more controversial it's the 206 for the 308 and a 2022 round one column based on the way that this played out i mean it, it, it feels you know very very skewed in favor of the owner who was able to get the future round one i think that anytime you're in you know the first three or four rounds you want to be looking at opportunities even if you have a guy you like and you know it's hard not to like jk dobbins talent we have a lot of reasons to believe both based on his college resume and all of his breakaway runs his rushing peripherals last season that as a talent jk dobbins is up there probably you know just below the jonathan taylor range he does have the receiving problem even if he didn't have the receiving issue when you compare him to Antonio Gibson, who went to this owner, uh, who made the trade around later, and that pick was actually traded again. This this player was picked by someone else. But if we look at J.K. Dobbins versus Antonio Gibson in a future round one, you have to be very, very sure that Dobbins is a long-term superstar for the Ravens in order to make this trade. Yeah, this feels to me like um, you know we were on the clock on the 206 and somebody really needed to have jk dobbins on the roster that jk dobbins was the guy but when we look at it like in terms of i i know these are being picks made where the you know we're, we're trading the pick rather than the player but if we look at like current adp like they're basically neck and neck in terms of the wide receiver or the running backs going pretty much one spot between both guys and now we're throwing a, a 2022 first round pick into the mix um to to pretty much get that i'm sure lots of our listeners like look i like jk dobbins and i've always said that 2021 was where things were going to really pick up for him but i think if we're looking at you know the actual range of outcomes for both these players probably very very similar and then you're getting that extra pick on top of it i think this here's a, a massive one even if we didn't know who the players were going to be if you're at the 206 you know, you're going to drop down uh, basically a round and two picks and then you're going to get to pick up a, a, a round one pick for you like you could probably use that round one pick and trade yourself back into round two if you wanted and still have 
still have a little bit of value there. So uh, I, I think it's a, a no-brainer on this if you can get an opportunity like that to drop down one round and pick up a future first, unless you have a player that you're you're really in love with, like this situation where maybe it was somebody really wanted to get Dobbins. But if you're looking in that third round range, like there's a lot of players in there that we're going to like um, and you could target, you know, the likes. Of, if you're going wide receiver, AJ Brown's usually there, DK Metcalf, CD Lamb's going to be in that kind of range. So you're going to have a lot of players who you can you can target and I, I just think that's a you know click the accept button and move it away as fast as you can yeah and i think that the real takeaway or lesson here is just to be willing to listen right maybe you're in that spot at the 206 and you really like someone and you're thinking okay i don't need to make a move here because i have a guy that i like the value is good you know i don't want to be consistently trying to move down and move out of my guys but if you do you know, make yourself available to talk, have a good relationship with your fellow owners. This doesn't mean even that this, you know, trade is going to not work out for the J.K. Dobbins guy. Maybe it will. I mean, maybe he ends up being the next superstar. That future round one, you know, disintegrates as the way that, you know, future round ones sometimes do. And so it's something that could work out for either owner. But again, we're talking about creating as many pathways to success as possible. One of the ways to do that is just make sure that you're a good listener. You're willing to talk with people. Sometimes offers come that seem too good to be true, but those happen a lot more if you're a gracious participant, if you're a good uh, league mate, and just if you listen for trade. So that's probably the thing there more than just actually, you know, grading or, or discussing that trade is you know, be willing to listen. So then the next one column is is kind of interesting because it's the first trade, and really I think one of the only trades in this draft where a player was picked and then the next person up really appeared to want that guy and so then you know once someone is on a roster they can be very difficult to pry away from someone but occasionally you still can and so this one was at the 307 calvin ridley was taken and the person with the 308 wanted him the trade ended up being and there were a lot of uh, future picks involved or or just very slight moves in rounds five seven nine eleven they don't really affect the value of the trade other than moving the one guy up so he got to pick first in all these situations and and you know that can be a value you, you move one pick earlier in four different rounds you know you got a little bit of better chance of getting your guy but basically the trade comes down to calvin ridley and the 406 for the 308 and the 312 as we discussed, Gibson became the 308. Edwards Alaire became the 312. On the Ridley side, that owner was able to get Darren Waller. This is what you have to do. You're going to have to give up a half a round if you want someone who's already been picked. I think the way that it plays out, we probably prefer that side anyway, because even though you get the old tight end versus the young running back, you get a position that's held its value a little bit better. You get a position that's more valuable in terms of the tight end premium than the running backs actually are and you get an established star over someone who didn't look very good last year. And so I like the Ridley-Waller side over the Gibson-Edwards-Alaire side, but at the same time, this is a very balanced trade. Yeah, it's very balanced, and I think I'm in full agreement with you. I'd prefer uh, Ridley and Waller, but you know, when, when the pick goes in, it's interesting because uh, there's not many situations. I, I think if, if maybe it's just us looking at it, but if I was looking... If I was on the clock and I picked Calvin Ridley, I don't think I'm trading out just to go back those couple of spots. But you have to also think of who's there. And we've talked a number of times about you know trading back into those rounds and you're getting to move up those picks. But in this situation, I think if I was the Ridley owner, I would have stayed firm for the offer. But it is a, it is a fair offer. Um, and as you mentioned, pretty much 
it's kind of a, a number of swap picks that uh, later on that that really made it happen. But I think a fair offer. But I, I think I would still rather um, stay where I was based on the value um, off the trade. Um, Sean, the next one up here, and it's uh, this is there's, there's some very interesting one comes up coming up here. Uh, it was the four hundred one who turned out to be DJ Moore, uh, and the five twelve which turned out to be Alan Robinson for the four ten which was Ezekiel Elliott, and the five hundred three which was Austin Eckler. So the four hundred one. Uh, the last pick then in the, the fifth round, back end of the fourth round pick and uh, an early fifth round pick. So basically flip-flopping those fifths um, to, to balance it out. What What's your thoughts here on this one? I think, um, again, I would be leaning to the the, the, the more Robinson side. I think we there might be a bit of bias in there too, just for the, the players involved. But I think, again, the thing we're noticing here, very, very balanced trades and working out for both sides, um, I think pr- pretty fair overall. Yeah, I, I think when we look at the players involved, then it's hard not to lean to the wide receiver side. But this is a, a balanced trade, and I think a situation where there are going to be a lot of good opportunities to move back in round four because wide receiver is deep there, and then it maybe runs into a little bit of a tear break in the middle of round five. So if we look at it purely from a picks perspective, I think that you could say, okay, well, depending on how you see the draft play out, maybe you want the 410-503 side. That being said, just sort of in a vacuum, the anytime that you have a trade that's balanced in terms of the number of slots that someone moved, the person who gets the earlier picks is going to, to benefit from that, right? So the picks in round four are worth more than the picks in round five by a small margin. And so the person who gets the 401-512 technically wins this, but again, this is a good trade for both players. It's allowing them to each accomplish their objectives. One that's a little bit more provocative then is we go to the 501 for the 511 and the 1002. And so you're going to have to really hit on this 501 in order to balance out the fact that you're giving up a 10th round pick. That 10th round pick turns out to be Julio Jones. Now, a veteran who maybe you can't use for that long, but again, you would have had other options there. You could have picked a younger guy, but also you have Julio Jones who could be the key to winning the league in year one. Now, when we put the actual names on these players in round five, maybe it balances out for us a little bit and that Terry McLaurin goes with the 501. Josh Jacobs goes with the 511. Those guys are more than a round apart in terms of value for me. I mean, McLaurin is, is multiple rounds more valuable than Jacobs. But when we look at it sort of without attaching the labels of the players, I, I think you've got to like having the extra pick. Yeah, if you can get that extra pick, it is, it is going to really help you. We've talked a number of times about the values that are going in that. You know, Will Fuller, Tyler Lockett are going in those sort of ranges as well. Adam Thielen, Debo Samuel, Tyler Boyd. You know, their players like that are, are falling into that potential range. Um, so it, it does get very, very interesting. I think there is a little bit of, you know, if you're looking at the wide receivers in that uh, kind of fifth sixth round there's there's some guys in there that you want to target if you have your guy i think you're you're sticking there if you're happy enough to drop back i think you know there, there's a lot of value there to slide back to the back end of that fifth round like a and, and kind of current adp you're looking at you know terry mclaurin going um at the the start of that kind of sixth round and then you still have guys then going after it like godwin alan robinson branton Ayuk, keenan allen you know there's players in there that you could be you know saying i'm happy if i get one of those they're going to fall to me at the back of the, the fifth round so i think 
this one is a clear one is if, if you have other players that you're happy with in that range i would make the trade but again when we talk about having your guy if there's somebody there that's not going to reach you at the back end of that round um, i think then that's when you would uh, decide to stay put so a lot of it is going to be you mentioned about tier breaks sean i think a lot of your strategy is going to be about what's left in your tier are you going to get one of those guys that you want and then being able to drop back dropping back 10 spots uh, you know you could have <laughs> you could have a lot of guys in your tier that have disappeared off the draft board when it gets to that point so i'm going to run through just one more before we wrap things up for this segment uh, and we're just going to be looking at Cortland's or i'm sorry we're going to look at the seventh round range it's uh, this is where trades can get quite interesting sometimes people are willing to move uh, you know if you're in that first round there's a sometimes can be very tight negotiations giving up a lot to try and move sometimes when you get into that you know seventh through twelfth round range there could be players that you really like but maybe you're able to move around the draft board a little bit easier so the 701 and you're basically dropping back then to the 811 but in return you're getting a 902 for your 1612 so you're giving up a 16th round pick to gain a ninth round pick and then you're dropping back um from the the seventh round to the back of the eighth round so you can really, you know, there's a lot, I find in situations like that, there's a huge amount of value to get up into that ninth round from the 16th round. So this is one again that I think I would be very tempted to, to be on that side of the 811 and the 902 rather than the 701 and the 1612, just for the value of moving up those seven rounds. Uh, and it's almost eight rounds because it's the 902 for the, the 1612. So would you be looking to get that extra ninth round pick or would you rather have the the higher seventh round pick in that trade i would i i like moving down here i have it flatter than the person who made the trade obviously had it and so you want to factor that in if, if a person has a big tear break then it makes more sense for them to make that big move i like some of these guys toward the end of round eight you can get some of the wide receiver rookies and marshall and rondell moore coming back around in round nine you can get guys you know like a Tyler Boyd I think that's something of a no-brainer there once we get into round 16 we're talking a little bit more about you know bounce back kinds of players so you could get a Christian Kirk in round 16 you can get a Devin Singletary a Tarek Cohen in round 16 those guys are not meaningless players right there is value attached to those guys so moving back to round 16 doesn't kill you you can make some interesting selections there but that round eight nine range is still valuable enough that i think if you move down that you're going to come out ahead and colin one of the things that we have consistently seen with these trades is that if you're willing to prepare your draft in such a way that you have confidence with guys who are going later where you're not looking at it where you have a ton of confidence in the tier breaks and that doesn't mean you shouldn't select set up your board such that you do have tier breaks right you're going to have tiers you're going to have some big breaks where you think the value falls off fairly sharply but if you prepare in such a way that you do have confidence in moving back you have a variety of tactical approaches that you can use you have a strategy that allows you some flexibility as you move through the draft then moving back is almost always picking up a lot of extra value when we discuss these drafts and talk about trying to make as many picks in the first 10 rounds as possible moving back seems to be the answer and then in some cases you can use some of the ammunition that you got from trading back 
in order to get back in, maybe make an extra pick. If we're talking about leagues that start 9, 10, maybe 11 players, picking 13, 14 times in the first 10 rounds, you can really see how that's going to give your starting lineup a lot more depth, a lot more flexibility. You're going to be able to attack the buys better. You're going to be able to withstand injuries better and you're going to have more chances for superstars to emerge right so even as we're moving down in these drafts we want to make sure that we're selecting players who have room to grow from an adp perspective so even though we're moving down we still expect the guys that we actually draft to have more value than the pick itself maybe not the player because if you had stayed with the original pick you would have used the same strategy right you would have still taken a player you expected to grow in ADP but even once you've moved down you're selecting players you expect to be more valuable the next season or six months from now so not only do we have more than 10 players in the first 10 rounds but we also have a lineup that we've built where we expect those players to grow in value yeah yeah really good stuff there um to finish up today's show we are going to talk a little or we're going to shout out to uh five star reviews we got and we've been getting them over the last couple of weeks i'm going to add one in here um every so often at the end of the thursday show shout out to frank duffy and uh, he's put on his twitter handle as his review name so it's at frank underscore duffy um on this actual review he's starting with the most important and then dot 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 but it is fantasy football podcast anywhere i listen to a couple of shows uh, each week but this is his favorite uh, it's also the most informative he says often i'll play column and sean's episodes twice the show is a banquet strategy of strategy uh, goodies and a tsunami of theory uh, getting into big words here frank you're getting me a little bit tongue-tied as we get through it but uh, if you're not listening to this podcast you're likely looking up at him in the standing so some uh, i like that review uh, obviously there's compliments in there sean but there's also some uh, bragging rights for <laughs> for him against league mates who maybe he thinks aren't listening to the show yeah that, that's a fun one we we love frank on the show here and you know anytime that you've got a, a tsunami of theory in the review you, you know you have to be happy with that anybody who's listening to our shows twice we appreciate that and, and certainly our uh, our appreciation to frank there yeah, and I think uh, that should be another challenge for the contest. Who can enter uh, the most uh, kind of skilled linguistics to uh, to the review and <laughs> try and get me to not be able to talk through them on the show? I think Frank's in the, in the lead of that one so far. Uh, the next one up, not sure about the name on this one, but it's Thicker Freakness. Uh, great usable insights, long-time listener of RV Overtime and user of rotaviz.com. Colin and Sean are a great team, provide lots of actionable insights and interesting ways to think about our favourite fantasy sport and i think that really sean is getting to the the bottom of what we're trying to do like there there's obviously the the insights the actions of what to do trying to do it in a practical way but you've mentioned it a couple of times even on this show is it's not just about one way people will listen to the show you know we'll talk about you know zero rb or modified zero rb and different approach you know elite tight ends and things like that but it is really and we've had on this a number of times this off season is having that adaptability to change your draft strategy based on how the draft is going and not just pigeonholing yourself into one strategy so i think i think it's covered well in that review yeah and we also very much appreciate our longtime listeners we appreciate our longtime users of the site uh we encourage new listeners all the time new readers this kind of combination of longtime listeners readers and new 
people to the community, I think is great. And so we, we really appreciate this. And Colin, the note that you have there too, I, I think, you know, it's, it's not just your running back. We think it works. We think it will help you, but beyond picking wide receivers, building that wide receiver depth is an entire way of thinking about fantasy football that we're very confident will help you win. You know, we have the, the results uh, in terms of our writers and what they've done in their contests. We think it will work for you. But more than that, it is about making sure that we're keeping an open mind, but we're learning and we're creating flexibility. You want to have as many different ways to win as possible. If you create a narrow path, things have to go perfect. Every once in a while, they will. If you create a ton of paths to success, that you can get there almost every season. And in the seasons where you pick the right guys, the success will be out of this world. You come into the top of almost all your contests, make a lot of money if that's what you're in for, beat your friends if that's what you're in for. Both of those <laughs> things are, are very important. Beating your friends may be more important. I mean, you can't buy glory. And so uh, it, it's a lot of fun to do the pod and we really appreciate the listeners. Yeah, I think, Sean, top of that list would be beating your friends and making money. I think that's probably the pinnacle when it comes to, <laughs> comes to those leagues. Um, but in terms of uh, the, the website and everything Sean's mentioned there, as always, you can get yourself a, a road of his NFL pass. And all you have to do to get that and get 10% discount is to head on over to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast, add it to the basket, and then RV Radio 2021 at checkout gets you that 10% discount. It is, uh, you know, can't recommend it highly enough. The the tools are just phenomenal. The content's phenomenal. Get yourself set up for this season. And, you know, as I mentioned, uh, on I think it was the show on Tuesday, like if you sign up now on that one-year pass, you're getting yourself set up for, for 2022 as well. Get yourself set up for that dynasty off-season early start next year. So no better time to, to jump in than right now. That's going to do it for today's edition of the show. We did have the show as well. Of course, on Tuesday, head back over and listen to that one if you haven't already. Uh, I did do the draft series as well with uh, Travis May and John Daigle. We talked through wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks and running backs in four separate episodes. Check those out there up on the Road of His Radio main feed. Do check them out if you haven't already as well. Travis written and review on your favorite podcast app. As I mentioned, it'll get you into the contest with a chance to win, maybe even a chance to appear on an upcoming road of his overtime podcast but uh you know drop those it, it really does could be much appreciated for myself and sean and all the team here at road of his. my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland as always you can drop questions for future shows or topics for future shows there as well or you can email them over at road of his radio at gmail.com my co-host as always is sean siegel check out sean's work up on the road of site uh, multiple articles each week of great content so do check that out and until we're back with another show of course have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on road of his radio please rate and review the road of his radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at road of his radio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at road of his radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to road of his with a discount through the road of his radio homepage road of forward slash podcast <laughs>